Well, hello, Grace Covenant family. You know, while it's not the same as being with you uh, face-to-face, worshiping with you, connecting with you in the same building, uh, we do want to say we are so thankful for the technology that uh, allows us to join you in your home or wherever you might be watching. And I'm very thankful to be here again today with Pastor Farrell as we have the opportunity to share the message together. Last weekend, we stepped into a new two-week series called Soul Care, and the purpose of that series is not only to help us to have greater understanding and insight into the soul, but also to help us to understand why we should care for the soul. And so in doing so, we asked and answered four questions. Those questions were, what is the soul? What does the Bible say about the soul? How do I know when my soul is suffering, and how do I know when my soul is well? You know, Pastor Farrell, you and I had some conversation this week, and we realized that in talking about the soul and maybe as people were uh, just processing the message last week and through the week, a question could have arisen, great question, and it's what's the difference between the spirit and the soul? Could you take just a moment to help us understand that difference? Yes, then that, that is a complex question. Um, you know, as we Maybe I can illustrate it in this way. As you look at water, you see water, but what we would know is water is actually made up of two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen, and we don't see the hydrogen and oxygen. What we see is the water, and so it is with a a human being. Uh, We see the body, we see the being, yet as human beings, we're made up of four parts. There's the spirit, there's the soul, there's the body, and the mind or or will, and oftentimes it's difficult to differentiate between those four different mm-hmm. parts, yeah. even as, as it is as we look to water, H2O. Um, but the spirit part of us is the part that becomes alive when we accept Christ as our Savior. Yeah. Like you are fully alive. You're 100, your spirit is 100% saved when you accept Christ as your Savior. The soul part of us um, is the part that's, if we can say it like this, being saved. It's the part that's in transformation. It's the, it's the soul, therefore, that we have to continue to nurture and develop um, and guard ourselves from soul exhaustion or soul mm-hmm. depletion. It's interesting, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, uh, the Scripture speaks of the power of the Word, and, and it's interesting, it, it, the Scripture reads like this, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, and it penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit. So the soul and spirit are two different parts mm. of, of our human being. Um, and so maybe that helps a little bringing some understanding as to the two different parts of our body, to actually two of the four. It, it does. It, it, it's very helpful. Also, last week, as we um, talked about the soul, um, as you were talking, you talked about soul depletion or, or soul exhaustion. And I remember that you made a statement, something to the effect that it's possible that there are people uh, who are suffering from soul depletion and soul exhaustion, and they don't even realize it. So this week, I started thinking about that, and I began to try to think of a picture or an example of an illustration of what uh, depletion looks like. And in doing so, I thought about the Dead Sea. Back in 2006, I think, I had the opportunity to go to the Holy Land and, and visit the Dead Sea. And I know you've been there many times. Uh, what we both know, and probably many of you, most of you who know, uh, who are watching, is that the Dead Sea is, is shrinking. Can you talk to us a little bit and help us understand why that's true? It's interesting uh, that the Dead Sea is actually dropping about 3.3 feet per year. So there's this shrinking of this body of water, and there's, there's two main reasons for that. Um, one would be just the natural process of evaporation. Mm-hmm. The Dead Sea's in the desert, so the heat 
the process of evaporation, but there's also a depletion uh, or a shrinking of the Dead Sea because of individuals withdrawing from it. So the Jordan River that feeds into the Dead Sea, individuals are irrigating, so they're drawing water off of the, the river that would feed into the Dead Sea. And then also the Dead Sea itself, there's a number of companies that are, are uh, drawing out of the Dead Sea, um, taking advantage of the rich mineral deposits for personal gain. Um, and so because of that, we have the shrinking of the Dead Sea. And I think that that so uh, uh, relates to or connects with what can happen in our own lives. There's a natural process of just doing life, kind of the evaporation that can deplete our souls. Mm-hmm. But there's also outside experiences where individuals are drawing from us that can also leave us with a, a shrinking or, or a depleted soul. Yeah. So it's so true. So, so it, and it really leads into the, to the comparison that I want to make. Basically, what you've told us is that the Dead Sea is needy. It's, Absolutely. It, it's in need of a water source. Well, and you've said this, in the same way, our soul is needy. Um, in fact, it's the nature of our soul to need. And that's right. not just a thought I came up with. It's not something you told me about, but it's actually affirmed in Scripture. And it's affirmed through the Hebrew word that's used for soul in the Bible, which is nefesh. And nefesh carries with it the meaning of uh, neediness uh, 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 or just that that. Uh, has to has a need for something uh, to to feed it, and um, when we think about that, uh, we have to understand that the soul has a desire; it has a need to connect with God. Absolutely. But the problem is, so often we fill that need with wrong things. Am I right in that? What do do you think about that? I would say that's so accurate in that we can be deceived to chase after things maybe that are temporary things that we think uh, will fail our soul while at at the same time it's taking us away from the very life source that we need because our souls are needy uh, and the need is really connecting in relationship with God. Yeah. In fact, there's a couple of scriptures that, that affirm what, what we're talking about. I'd like to read them to you. The first one's in Psalm 63, verse 1, and it says, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. And then in Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2, it says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? And I love how the psalmist says, My soul thirsts for God. And how he asks, Where can I go and meet with God because it really represents the true need of our soul. So if uh, it's the nature of our soul to need, and as people, we have a tendency to fill that need with the wrong things, then it's really important that we uh, learn to identify what drains our soul and what feeds our soul. And that's what we want to talk about a little bit today. So could you just begin uh, and help us understand this by talking about a couple of things that um, actually uh, drain the soul? I think, first, it's, it's really important that we understand just the natural rhythms of life have a tendency to drain our soul. Just like evaporation naturally happens mm-hmm. and the Dead Sea is being depleted, so just doing life in a fallen world has a tendency to to drain our soul. There's also, I think, experiences we have uh, 
that can drain her. So like this COVID-19, this whole process mm-hmm. we've been walking through, the stress, the the worry, the anxiety can deplete the soul. I don't know about you, but my soul is weary from COVID-19. Yeah, I, I think that's the, that, that's the process. that I, There's a draining of, I think of another situation where there's a family who had a medical crisis. A family member ended up in the hospital. Their life is literally hanging in the balance. There was a long hospital stay. There was a concern. There was worry. And as I began to interact with family members, what I identified is there was soul exhaustion because of the experience they were walking. So I think it's important for us to understand just the natural rhythms of life can drain our soul, but there's also experiences, circumstances Mm -hmm. that we walk through that can create soul depletion. But but I think there's also some actions or behaviors um, in our lives that can create this soul drain. And so we want to give you at least three that we think are, are, are really common. The first would be the neglecting of the Sabbath. Now, look, I have to say, honestly, this is a real challenge for me. I'm a doer. I'm active. I'm always moving. And being still, stopping, is a challenge for me. And what I've discovered personally for myself, when I neglect the Sabbath over a period of time, it costs me. Yeah. There's a drain to my soul. Mm-hmm. So this whole concept of Sabbath, the word Sabbath comes from the Hebrew, Hebrew word Shabbat. And, um, and in that, um, it literally means to stop, yeah. to, to stop work, to, to stop worrying, to stop, to, to, to rest. And when we fail to rest, we're really opening the opportunity for our soul to be drained. And I think that's hard for not just you, but that's hard for all of us. Uh, it, embracing that principle. It's interesting. Uh, we find this principle of Sabbath in the Ten Commandments. I mean, the Scripture says that we are to honor um, the Sabbath and keep it holy. But it's interesting. It actually goes all the way back to the beginning. In God's creative order, the Scripture says that he created on the sixth day and he rested mm-hmm. on the seventh day. Genesis chapter 2, verses uh, 2, 3, and 4 talk about this. And, and I don't believe that God rested like because he was tired. I don't think he's like, whoa, I'm exhausted because of six days of creation. I think he was establishing a rhythm, a principle that would be for our well-being, that we would that we would work six days and we would rest one, that we would take that day to allow our bodies to be refreshed. We would take that day to, to connect in relationship with God. Eugene Peterson, in his book, uh, Working the Angles, makes this statement. He refers to the Sabbath as being a day for Playing and a day for praying. And I love the way that's stated. A a day for us to play, for us to uh, refresh ourselves, refocus ourselves. But it's also a day that we reconnect in relationship with God. And as I was thinking about this, I thought, you know, just as your automobile needs ongoing maintenance, like oil changes and rotating of tires, so uh, our beings need ongoing maintenance. If you neglect the changing of oil in your car over a long period of time and you drive a lot of miles, sooner or later you're going to have an engine problem. Mm-hmm. In the same way, if we neglect this principle of Sabbath, we have an engine problem. We have a soul mm-hmm. problem and that our soul uh, can be drained. Yeah. So I, I think the first thing that I would say that drains our soul, especially in our culture today, is, man, we're moving so fast and we neglect. The, the rhythm, the principle of the Sabbath. We do. Now, I think there's a second problem that can drain our soul, and it's uh, ignoring sin. You know, mm. sin is the ultimate enemy of every soul. Whenever we sin, we're allowing some competing desire to have a higher priority than God in our lives. And as a result, we're drawn away from God 
and our soul is drained. So unconfessed sin, hidden sin, a rebellion against God, becomes like an obstacle between us and God. So if we think of connection with God as like the lifeline that feeds our soul, then sin becomes a hindrance to it. It's kind yeah. of like uh, a water hose. Uh, if you take a water hose and you put a kink in the water hose, there's a loss of the mm. flow of water. So you have no flow of water. Why? Because you have a kink in the water hose. And sin is like that in our lives, is that it becomes a hindrance in our connection to relationship with God that hinders the flow. And there's an interesting passage of Scripture where King David himself was dealing with it. Mm -hmm. It was an area of sin in his life that he identified. And, and I want to just read a couple of scriptures. Psalm 32, verses 3, 4, and 5. Obviously, David here, writing of this, this issue in his own life, wrote these words. He says, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the summer heat. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and you did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. So just as David confessed the sin, this hindrance yeah. that was causing a sapping of his soul, a draining of his soul, I think so it's necessary for us. I mean, routine repentance is uh, is good for the soul. Right. Why? Because it deals with the issues that can create uh, a soul drain. So I just... I know for me, just an ongoing process in my life is to deal with the stuff, to deal yeah, with the we, sin. We have to. Uh, so that the life flow keeps happening. And, and I think everyone listening, I think for us, we all can identify those times in our life where there's been unconfessed sin uh, of whatever nature it is. And when we finally get that out, when we confess it to God, when we confess it to others, the right people, there's like a... The opening happens, and we, we actually feel different because of that. So that, that's a couple ways. Um, what, what about for you? Well, I'd like to talk about the third one that you and I have identified. Uh, but I'd like to say, as we were talking, we also identified that there are so many soul drainers, more than we could talk about. So I thought it would be interesting and maybe fun if our online audience uh, would engage in online chat and uh, begin to talk to us about, some of the uh, soul drainers that they find. So while I talk about the third one, uh, while you're watching online, why don't you just begin to engage in the chat and um, just begin to type out things that you found have that drain your soul. And, and while you're doing that, again, I'm going to talk about a third one that we've identified. And um, the third one that we've identified is our souls are drained when we have an unhealthy view of ourselves. And Pastor Farrell, that unhealthy view can uh, uh, be fueled through comparison with others by seeking the approval of others or, or always trying to please others. And, and here's the bottom line. Comparison will never feed our souls. In no. fact, it will always leave our souls wanting more. In reality, Here's what happens when we compare ourselves with others. When we compare ourselves with others, we're actually comparing what we feel on the inside with what we're watching in other people's lives on the outside and what we're oftentimes watching, not always, but we're watching a, a seemingly perfect, polished Instagram, Facebook version of life. And we know that that's not, not true. Real. No, yeah. and it, it doesn't profit us anything. It only depletes the soul. Um, when we uh, live for um, uh, the approval of others, 
uh, it doesn't feed the soul. In fact, it, it creates an unquenchable thirst for a little more approval and a little more approval and a little more approval. And if we live trying to uh, please everybody, in reality, what we do is uh, we don't please everybody. We end up pleasing nobody. Right. And, and so it depletes the soul. So uh, whether it's comparison or uh, approval or, or pleasing, we know that these things deplete the soul. And at the root of this depletion is one common thing, and it's because we have not yet uh, embraced or we're not fully embracing our true identity. Colossians chapter 3, verse 3 says, uh, For you died, and your life is now hidden away with Christ in God. And that pertains to all of us. And so what that tells us is our, um, uh, our approval, our, everything about us, our identity, it's not in other people, but it's, but it's in Christ. And when you and I and all who are listening, when we as believers, uh, when we can have a true revelation, uh, of who we are, our life uh, really changes. Um, it, it, we we begin to experience the contentment and the fulfillment that has been given to us through Christ, because we're in Christ. So we don't have to compare anymore, because we know we're enough uh, it, through Christ. We don't have to seek approval, because we've already been approved by God through the sacrifice of Jesus. Right. And the only one that we have to please is the audience of one. Uh, uh, it, it's it's God. I think identity in Christ and having a healthy view of ourselves is is critical uh, for the guarding of our souls, because if we have that unhealthy view, then the natural tendency is it drains our souls. But not only being aware of what drains our souls, it's really important that on the other side that we know what are the soul fillers? What are, what are some active steps we can take to maintain the health of our soul? And we're going to talk about some of those, but uh, why don't you again engage with us just there in the chat line? Why don't you identify maybe some of the things for you personally that, that you engage in that, that fill your soul. But to start this off, Stan, why don't you uh, give us this first point here. What would you say is a point of action that we can take, all of us, that would fill our souls? I'd love to do that. And um, I would say that uh, one of the ways, maybe the most important way that we fill our soul is by spending quality time with Jesus. Absolutely. And without a doubt, Critical. that quality time comes through our worship. Uh, it comes through our prayerful conversations with him. Uh, it comes through silence, because in silence, we hear his voice, and, and it comes through his word. We have to spend time in the word. And what happens is as we um, spend this quality time with Jesus, then our souls are fed. And as our souls are being fed through spending time with Jesus, we begin to learn his way of life. And not only are we learning a way of life, but we're actually learning that his way of life is a very different way of life. And in fact, Jesus gives us an invitation to join him in this invitation in uh, life to this different kind of life. I'd like to read a passage from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Listen to his invitation. He says, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Then he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And listen to this, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
And Pastor Pharaoh, I think it's interesting. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. And you can confirm this. You, you grew up on a farm, but I think typically uh, when we think of a yoke, we think of um, kind of a wooden cross piece that joins two animals together so that they can partner together in the work. Would you say that's an accurate picture? I would say uh, very accurate. So there's a sharing of the load. It's mm-hmm. not just us trying to make all of this happen and we feel like everything's depending on us. It's our partnership with Christ that uh, energizes our soul. Yeah. And, and in that, we find obviously help in life. Yeah, so when Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, he's not talking about that wooden cross piece. He's talking about something completely different. It's, as if he, it's not as if, but he's saying, take my way of life upon you. Partner with me because my way of life is easy and my burden is light. And then I love it because he says, take my yoke upon you. He says, and you will find rest for your souls. So um, I love a, a, a quote by John Mark Comer. It's in his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And I would encourage everyone to read this book, The, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. But this is what he says. He says, Jesus' invitation to take up his yoke, to tra- travel through life at his side, learning from him to shoulder the weight of life. That's, that's the invitation that he gives. But he goes on to say, it's to step out of the burnout of society and into a life of soul rest. So spending quality time with Jesus means that we're learning the way of Jesus and we're learning that his way is not just a set of ideas or ideals, but it's literally a consistent way of life. And when we will engage, when we will partner with him in that consistent way of life, then we find rest for our souls. Our souls are being continually fed. Uh, They're becoming healthy. Yeah, so there's an inflow yeah. that happens. I think that's so accurate, and certainly that's, that's true in my life. I think a second way that, that we can continually fill our souls is to identify act, the activities that feed our soul. You know, mm-hmm. we're all uniquely created. The things that fill our souls are, are unique for each one of us, be different for you, different for mm-hmm. me. Um, our souls can find fulfillment in such things as nature, reading, family, physical exercise, mm-hmm. Cooking, crafting, painting, uh, good conversation, and the list goes on and on. But I think here's the key. You have to know what it is that fills your soul. What is it that fills your tank? And then make sure that it finds place on your calendar. Uh, I know for me personally, um, as you mentioned, just spending time with God feeds my soul. Uh, Being outdoors feeds my soul. Doing physical labor actually feeds my those things like wow. splitting, <laughs> cutting and splitting. What feeds my soul? I know sometime back we had a, a train wreck here at Grace Covenant that I had to lead through, uh, and it was a it was a difficult emotional time. There was uh, a drain on my soul, and I found myself daily, literally going to the woodpile. Cutting and splitting wood. And someone asked me, like, why do you keep going to the wood pile and whacking on wood? And my comment was, I can either pay a counselor or I can go to the wood pile <laughs> because I know what feeds my, mm-hmm. my soul. Same way I spend the first 30 to 60 minutes of every day in the word, worship, and prayer. Mm-hmm. Not because it's a part of my job description, not because these elders required of me. Uh, but because I I am responsible for the well-being of my soul. You, you're and, feeding your soul. Absolutely. So so I encourage you, identify the activities that feed your soul. Again, it's going to be different for you maybe than anyone else. 
But you need to identify mm-hmm. those activities and make sure that you find time for them. And, and here's a, a third way I believe that you can feed your soul is, is by living beyond yourself. You know, the more we focus on ourselves, the more we neglect our souls. You know, in God's creative process, he created man um, in such a way that we were made to connect in relationship. Mm-hmm. If you can think of it like this, we were created for community, to connect in relationship with God, to connect in relationship with others. And when we make the focus all about ourselves, we can lose yeah. that point of connection. So living beyond ourselves. I think that's why the Apostle Paul wrote these words in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. He says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider the interests of others better than yourselves. Mm-hmm. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of yeah. others. Now, I, I was reminded of something that happened several years ago. Our son Caleb was 12, about 12, 13, and it was a Saturday serve day. So I took Caleb along with me. We were, we were doing some work for a, a widow who had, in a short period of time, lost both her husband and her son. They had mm. both died. So uh, she was in a challenging place. So a group of folks came together to do this service project, helping with things around the house. And we worked through the day, and as we left um, – the serve site that day, um, Caleb was in the front seat, and, and without me asking any questions, this is a statement. He said, Dad, man, it feels really good to be able to help others. Mm-hmm. Now, at 12, he wouldn't have been able to identify what was happening, but basically what he was saying is, wow, this, this um, engagement of serving others uh, fed my fed soul. My soul yeah. And so I think as we live beyond ourselves, it, it's a critical way that, that we can feed ourselves. I think Proverbs 11.25 summarizes this really well. The scripture there says, A generous man will prosper, and he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Yeah. As I refresh others, as I add value to others, then what does it do? The scripture says, it refreshes me. It refreshes my soul. So if you want to feed your soul, Look for opportunities to add value to others. Well, as we uh, wrap this up today, Sam, I-, I want you to share with uh, Grace Covenant family an assessment tool that is available that they can utilize that may help them as they're kind of evaluating the health of their soul. Yeah. So um, last week we talked about um, when we talked about uh, when our soul is suffering uh, it's oftentimes identified in the way we uh, react and respond to people in situations. So we've created just a really brief um, kind of a survey, an assessment, I guess is the best word for it. It just has uh, 10 bullet points that questions that you can ask yourself that will help you do a self-assessment to say, okay, how am I doing in this situation? Things like, do I see the world through cynical eyes? Um, do I live with offense? Um, am I uh, unforgiving? Those are all signs that the soul is suffering. So uh, we would encourage you to go to the media page for this sermon, and you'll find a PDF there with those, um, those assessment points. Uh, and then uh, work through it, uh, then take it to the Lord. Hopefully you'll be really honest with yourself and you'll find out some things about yourself, but then you offer it to the Holy Spirit, offer it to God so that there's a work that can happen into you. Uh, a great tool. I would encourage you to take advantage of that. I want to leave you today with a quote that we actually referenced last week. It's from John Ortberg's book, uh, Soul Keeping. He made this statement. He says, you don't direct the soul, mm. you feed the soul, and then the soul directs you. Such a great 
So I would just encourage you, listen, you're responsible to feed your own soul. I encourage you, pay attention to the health of your soul. Make sure that you're engaging uh, in activities and process that keeps your soul healthy. In a land just like yours, there lived a people at the base of a great mountain. They were prosperous and happy. A stream flowed through the village, and it was essential to the health and the happiness of the people. Every day, an old man who was employed by the village cleaned all of the springs to make sure they were clear of debris and silt. Most people forgot that he was even there. One year, the villagers decided that they needed to cut expenses. And since the old man who was the keeper of the springs was never seen, they decided to let him go. Soon, the stream turned brackish, then muddy, and then the flow diminished. Then the people realized what they must do. They sought out the old keeper of the springs and asked him to return. Soon, the water once more flowed freely, clear and pure. The life of the village depends on the health of the stream. The stream is your soul, and you are the keeper. We're going to pray with you today about, about your soul. So would you pray with us? Lord, we thank you today Lord, that you are concerned about the health of our soul. Lord, your, your word says so much about how we can care for the soul. And so Lord, I pray today, uh, not only for Pastor Stan, myself, but Lord, for our Grace Covenant family, that, that we would be aware. Holy Spirit, help us nurture the soul. Help us identify the things that drain our soul. Also help us identify the things that would fill our soul. And Lord, my prayer today is that every individual would be aware of the fact that they're responsible for feeding their own soul. And Lord, may we navigate life, the rhythms of life, in such of a way that our souls are being refreshed and renewed. Or that we might live our lives in a way that not only brings honor to you, but that is a blessing to others. Holy Spirit, I ask that you help us to that end. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.